This is Two Jerks, One Vote, the Jerkatorium Spin Tunes 15 review podcast, and we're reviewing the round three rubber band pastiche songs. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We won Spin Tunes 13, so now we're back here on the scene to judge you, rate you, to flatter you, and then eliminate you. I know that's tough to hear. Used to the idea. Yeah, you're gonna lose this spin tunes. And yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this spin tunes. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose before this thing is done. And your bands won. By your bands won. I don't mean your bands won. With bands being a contraction of band has and won in the past tense of win. All right, uh, did you uh, listen and make notes? No, I just decided I was going to wing it. Serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> Had you there for a second, though. <laughs> yeah. So, anyhow. Um, of course, I'm traveling, so I wasn't able to hear the the comments, um, but I heard most of the listening party. I came in right in the middle of the first song, Brian's song. Awesome. Uh, yeah, but uh, of course I didn't see any of the chatter, so I don't know what's already been said about it. So I might bring up a whole bunch of stuff that was really obvious and already well covered in the chat. I think that's fine. This time around, the chat was not super illuminating. so Because I wasn't in it. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely part of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Were there a lot of people in the part in the listening party? Do you know? Or? There were. There just wasn't a lot of comments while the songs were going. Well, at least none, none that I really took as insightful or cutting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know what I look oh, for. <laughs> funk. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, you look for the the the, the bitchiness. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live for yeah. the drama. That's good. That's good. Do you want to say anything about the last round, round two? To give you the the the, he- the highlights of who won, it was Zoe Gray came in, 13 points. Faster Jackalope nipping at her heels with 15. Um, Vom Vorten with 19. And then Mandibles rounding up in fourth place with 29. Tied with third cat. It was a good challenge. And it was, uh, I don't think there were any huge surprises on the, the rankings when it comes right down to it. Was there? I mean, were there any of the big discrepancies of the type that plagues Narine? Because you know, people were pretty measured in their in their things, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there were some big swings from the judges about Temnir. So yeah. obviously, some folks have more genre bias than others. So you yeah. and I and Micah all placed Temnir ninth, tenth, and eleventh, where the other two judges, Joe and Eric, ranked them one and two. That must have been. If I were Temnir, I'd be a little bit pissed off by that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was also a big difference of opinion on Brian Gray. Edric and Joe ranked him eleventh and twelfth, which is you know pretty low down there. And yeah, I think Micah ranked him fourth. And you ranked him third, and I ranked him sixth. So just some slight difference of opinion there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. good guy Sojabe. It was another case of obvious genre bias, with Edric and Joe ranking them uh, number two and number four, respectively. And then you and I and Micah all having about the same opinion with 13, 10, and 12. So wow. I think they also have reason to be a bit pissed at the judges. Yeah, I guess so. 
I don't even know what to say about any of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, genre yeah. bias is a thing. Yeah. I, that, that might be it. It might. Yeah. Uh, when it comes right down to it, there's something about just whether or not you enjoy a song and whether or not you enjoy the genre, you know? So yeah. I don't know what to say. It's hard to take that emotional attachment you have to songs or unattachments you have to songs in this case and separate that from your sort of intellectual critique of the song. It's, it's hard to do that. Absolutely. I, I said this, I think, maybe during the last podcast, the stuff with the Bucket Hat Bobby, you know, where I just I was just wild about the song and I realized that it had some real shortcomings, but I just thought the feel of it, you know, out, outweighed that. And <laughs> I think nobody else really, <laughs> right. really felt it. So, uh, so yeah, so that, you know, that's swung it up to three for me, but I think uh, the combined rest of the judges, you know, really tanked it. So, well, how about judging this round? Now, there was a bit of criteria and I, you know, was kind of going back and forth on exactly how, I was going to do this. And it's it's hard because there's a couple of things that we had to keep in mind. Number one, how well they aped the other band. Number two was how far away they got from their own sort of a style, their own sort of sound. And then after that, it's just kind of like how much we enjoyed the song. Yeah. And, you know, um, when it comes to pastiche, too, there's a couple of, you know, axes that you can judge it on. Do they hit it, like, musically? Do they get the sound? Mm -hmm. Do they sort of ape their style lyrically? Do they sing about the same kinds of things that they do? Yeah. Like, I feel like the Matchy Matchy tune in particular nailed the instrumental sound of Flock of Seagulls, but failed completely on the vocal sound of the vocalist. So, you know, that's something you can judge, too. But it's hard to mm -hmm. say, like, what I'd prefer. Do I want them to blend their sound or blend their personality in with the, the style to make something different? Or do I want them mm -hmm. just to completely ape the style and in all aspects. And I think it's the answer to that is it depends and it's yeah. going to depend from song to song. Yeah. All right. So uh, should we launch into it? Yeah. So uh, first up, we've got Brian Gray, Boy and His Kumquat Tree. artist in this case is Philip Glass, and I haven't listened to a lot of Philip Glass, but you know, you remember when we were in college, Ryan, um, yeah. Koyana Squatsy was like playing every other week practically, it seemed like, on campus. Yeah, exactly. Did people catch that during the listening party? Dead silence did... during the listening party. Serious? Serious. I don't, I, I don't think anybody I, got it. I was just assuming that everybody would have written in Koyana Squatsy if they could have remembered how to spell it. <laughs> Maybe you that know. was it. Maybe that was it. <laughs> But um, no, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure people wanted to sound smart. They would have Googled how to spell it. Yeah, they probably <laughs> just didn't know. Well, if Ryan is out there listening, hey, you know, you got two people who who know it well and have seen it and get all the references in the bio to it. So <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so yeah, almost half of the judges 
uh, at least, you know, got it. I, I, I wonder if, if, uh, if Micah got it too. I'm pretty so, sure. I'm pretty sure. Micah, Micah's pretty cultured, lives in a college yeah. town. I don't see how he could have avoided seeing that. But he is like 60 years younger than either of us. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, who knows? So for those who don't know the piece, it's a series of instrumental interludes, and the only vocals are this kind of low voice going, Koyana Squatsi. And, yeah. um, you know, which sounds a lot like boy and his kumquat tree. Yeah. And yeah. That's the, that's the riff there. Maybe a bit of a stretch, but yeah. Did you read the song bio? Chunky? Yeah. Yeah. So it was all about this, this boy who's on board this sort of arc to go to colonize a new world. And he sneaks on these kumquat seeds. It was, it was pretty yeah. interesting science fiction stuff. Yeah. But, but I'm sure that bio was kind of contrived as sort of a handy framework <laughs> uh, for the pastiche that he wanted to do anyway. At least that's my, my guess. I have the phrase I, humorously contrived in my <laughs> notes right in front of me. I, I, <laughs> I have my spies out there looking at your notes. So, <laughs> yeah. But no, so yeah, I'm just assuming that he kind of had this idea to do Philip Glass and he thought that Koyaniskazi sounded kind of like Boy in his Kumquat Tree. And so he built this narrative around that to keep the song in the Gleeble verse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as, as far as the Gleeble verse is concerned, this seems like a weird esoteric digression in terms of the bio and, and a real stretch of a digression <laughs> at that. I think it's, it's such a stretch that it's actually kind of funny. Yeah. 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 And, and essentially we're, we're not judging this as a part of the Gleeble verse, you know, we're judging this as a standalone song in a competition. Did you, so I, I like I'm, the sound of it musically. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and I, I like the repeated motifs. You know, you get some feel of minimalism there. Yeah, it's it's very Philip Glass. Yeah, it's, he he he's very successful in uh you know in, in meeting the criteria of the challenge that way. It, except for the comparisons that we the judges are kind of compelled to make regarding the similarity to the artist being emulated, and to the lack of similarity to this. Bintoon's own oeuvre, this has just got to kind of stand on its own. So, yeah, instantly recognizable as Philip Glass, uh, extremely different than Brian's other work, and I thought it was, yeah, complete success on both of those fronts in terms of the challenge was concerned. But so that means that the only other criteria that we have to rank the song on is its enjoyability, right? Well, not quite. I mean, I have a nit to pick with it lyrically. So, okay. like, what if, what if I were to do a pastiche of a shadowy man on a shadowy planet song, which is, for those who don't know, mostly surf rock without any lyrics. So I could get a pass on writing lyrics, and I feel like he kind of got a pass on writing lyrics doing yeah. this. And I might question whether I'm going to rank it above something that is very similar, but actually, you know, wrote some, some lyrics and some good lyrics at that. Yeah, no, absolutely. The trick that we're going to keep on bumping up against here is that we got to rank these yeah. too. So I, I guess there might even be like a, a fourth criteria that we haven't discussed yet. So there's, of course, you know, did they ape the artist well? Uh, did they, you know, go far enough away from their own sound? Do we enjoy it? But then also, I guess, was it a clever and a neat idea? This was a very clever and a neat idea. Agreed. And it was executed well. But is it something that I want to listen to over and over? Yeah, maybe it's background music or something like that. But nothing that I, you know, found myself skipping ahead to or, you know, going back to over and over just for enjoyment. This, this is about as enjoyable as a Philip Glass knockoff can be. 
And that is somewhat limited. You know, the, the lyrics are just five words and it's a six minute song that feels like a 20 minute song, <laughs> <laughs> but which is fine. If you, if you just kind of want background music as a joke, uh, it's one joke, you know, it's, it's, it's the joke is that Koi Anaskazi sounds a little bit like boy in his kumquat tree. <laughs> right. And that that doesn't you know, last for six minutes. <laughs> that joke is, you know, so, uh, you know, I guess we got to just kind of you know figure out how we're going to judge this based on on all of this stuff. And, and again, uh, the problem is, I think this isn't going to go very high on my rankings, which is a shame because it's a it's a bit of an accomplishment. Yeah, it's very creative. Yeah. But it's like, uh, do I want to hear it over and over again? You know, maybe not. Yeah. And it's a gimmick, you know. And uh, it's fine, and I, I like that it's Philip Glass, and I like that it's different. But when it comes right down to it, there's other songs that I want to hear. In this in this one, there's songs that I want to hear over and over and over again. There are, and, for sure, yeah. for me too. The, the crime, too, is that we have to knock off, like, what, six? Yeah, it sucks to be us. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, I am pretty confident this is not going to be in my top four. Yeah, it's not going to make my top four either. Yeah, which is a shame. Because it's a it's a neat idea and yeah. it's pretty cool, and I might be wrong too. I haven't I haven't um, ranked these yet. It's uh, there's a lot of juggling that I have to do. All right, considerations. So, we should probably move on. This is going to be a terribly long podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh well. Okay. All right. What's next? Uh, let's see. We got uh, Zoe Gray with Old Lover's Bridge. One of the fun things I like to do when I wrote about this is to think to myself, would I have gotten it if I didn't, you know, have the bio that told me the artist that she was aping? And um, I'm not super familiar with Hank Williams' work. I don't think I would have gotten in this case. I was thinking maybe maybe Dolly Parton, maybe uh, Janis Joplin, maybe. Uh, I mean, I know this doesn't sound like Janis Joplin's big hits or anything, but... When I was reaching to try and figure out who it was going to be, it's yeah, Hank Williams didn't come up for me either. But uh, I guess it makes sense, right? Yeah, but th- that's that says more about us than about her song, I think. Yeah, could be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she definitely got that distinctive twang in her vocal style, which which worked. I went and listened to some Hank Williams songs, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. And did you notice that she had worked in some references to the Odyssey? I read that in the bio. I did too, and I'm not sure I would have picked it out otherwise, so I'm glad she pointed it out, because this way I don't have to feel dumb. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's like the the allusions to, you know, the kind of traveling and and going far and, you know, to uh, reunite with her wife or with her girlfriend or whatever it was. It was, I I liked it. Yeah. I also didn't realize that Oh Brother Where Art Thou also was the odyssey retold i I went down a rabbit hole and (laughs) and saw this entire page describing how scene for scene or you know it was like the odyssey and it was like wow i'm really thick (laughs) and then you had to read the odyssey (laughs) (laughs) not gonna go that far 
Okay. And uh, overall, I like this song, and you know, as usual, uh, Zoe's singing is really good, really strong, and on point. Um, yeah. I did have some some criticism about the instrumentation in two areas. Some of the instruments, I pretty sure were artificial and synthesized maybe all of them and they sounded like that yeah, yeah i couldn't really tell um the the fiddle i thought during the solo sounded particularly lifeless and yeah, i could that sounded really fake yeah. yeah and i couldn't tell if it was fake or if it was just played by somebody who hadn't played a lot of fiddle before and like you know if it's like kind of a newbie to the fiddle it's like really good job but like you know, if it's a if it's a VST, I'm like that VST sounds bad. I think that she she mentions that the instrumentation is you know the dobro and the fiddle and stuff and the guitar, but then she also mentions that uh, she's got uh, either she's got some sort of a synthesizer, either a sampler or something right. like MIDI that. Keyboard. So yeah, so I kind of suspect that she assumed that we would put those two together and and you know realize that they're all yeah, MIDI all, instruments. All MIDI. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's a, it's a little bit cheesy at times, and the volume on the the backing track is all pretty static, like it's all pretty flat, and it's yeah. mixed a lot lower than uh, Zoe's vocals, and her vocals are somewhat dynamic, and when she lets it rip, it just gets really kind of loud and trebly, so the balance is off. Mm, yeah. um, you know, that was my my only real complaint. I thought the lyrics were good. I thought the singing was great, as usual. Mm -hmm. And I thought she got Hank's distinctive twang. So I liked it all of that, but I did have more complaints than usual about the instrumentation. Yeah, I also thought it was a little sloppy. But, but I thought that that kind of works in the song's favor because it you know gives it kind of this real sort of a feeling to it. You're kind of there hanging out and listening to the song. And I, so, so that was all right with me. I thought the Dobro slide work was was really neat and really fun. And if that was all fake, which I kind of suspect that it was, then whatever kind of samples or whatever sort of a thing that she's using for it was really good. Yeah, so, I, that's that's fair. Like not all of the MIDI instruments sounded kind of synthesized. The Dobro, yeah, one, yeah sounded really good. And uh, I thought she really did clearly step away from her portfolio you know she did a great job on that front yeah uh, and even separate from those required elements looking at the song as a whole i enjoyed it a lot you know and i, I do i also like the the lyrics are great i thought the ulysses angle is fantastic and it's mm -hmm. a charming charming song so yeah um so high marks on those counts really on kind of all counts when it comes right down to it you know, I thought that she met the requirements of the challenge really well, except maybe not sounding exactly like Hank Williams, <laughs> as, he, as might be a bit much of a stretch for her. But I kind of like that she went for it. Yeah. Again, I, I haven't ranked them, but I, it's hard for me to imagine this not being in the top four until we get to so many other good right, songs. Right, exactly. Make it hard. You know, when yeah. you said um, that it was ambitious of her to, to do a Hank Williams song, there are a lot of ambitious ideas in here. So um, I think a, yeah. a lot of bands are going to get points for ambition. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Should we move on? Uh, yeah. Next up, we've got Vom Borton with Silver Street. Needed a vehicle, cost to me. Had to reach escape velocity Bought it to get from A to B The occasional trip to the sea Considered a new ride, leave the 
Okay, so Fu Manchu is the style that they're going for. And just to let you know, I've lived in Southern California for 20 years and I've never heard of them before this. <laughs> have, have you had you heard of them? Uh, yeah, I, okay. I've actually gotten into stoner rock a little bit, having, oh. <laughs> having been a big stoner over the years. <laughs> Not anymore, though, right? No, no, I'm all, yeah. I'm all straight edge now. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, it doesn't matter. I, 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 no judgment. <laughs> No judgment you were, at all. You were judging me silently. I, I you know, I'm not silent. <laughs> <laughs> so, did did you listen to that Fu Manchu song that he linked to in his bio? No, I, I went I went to uh, Wikipedia instead <laughs> <laughs> to read about the band. It's like and uh, and more or less just trust. It's so far away from Von Vorten's style. It is. It is. Did you notice that, that he was like, singing with an American accent for a little bit? Oh. Like, <laughs> Like, I think he lost his British accent. It came back in a couple places, but I was like, wow, I think he's nailing an, an, an American accent here. You know, I think that the British accent was always fake. <laughs> Maybe he's from SoCal It's the British along. accent that was fake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's, from, he's from Tucson. Yeah. <laughs> he's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hadn't heard of them before this. And... Uh, but you had okay, great. So actually, maybe you should be the one to dominate this review part. Sure, um, I think he he got the sound good. I mean, those are some crunchy, fuzzed out, sludgy guitar riffs, and sounds pretty great. It sounds like Fu Manchu. You know, he actually he mentioned all the things that he was sort of emulating, which I think was was really good of him to sort of give us more clueless judges some some more things to to grab onto. Yeah, and I listened to the the, the song that he had referenced, and yeah, they definitely sort of repeat the same line as a chorus you know like four times eight mm -hmm. times or whatever so he got that he got the he got the guitar sound just right the the song that he referenced didn't have a cowbell but you know cowbell is definitely not out of place <laughs> yeah in this song you know who it reminded me of a lot was uh, judah's priest oh yeah you know because they also kind of have that sort of thing, you know. Of course, they have the guitar and everything like that, but they also have the, you know, breaking the law, oh, breaking, breaking the, the law. law. And, yeah. And, and like a lot of their songs are just kind of like, you know, just just harping on this one phrase over and over and over yeah. again. So, so that that's that's one of the things that it got me to. But yeah, yeah. Definitely good stuff. The one complaint I did have is that he in his lyrics he sort of undercut the style a little bit by not glorifying the car. And instead, he kind of makes fun of the car a little bit, like when he says it slows down when it goes up a hill and that he, you know, he calls it a poor thing at some point. You know, I feel like it undercuts the the message about, you know, the car is awesome and I'm awesome in the car a little bit. But, um, you know, that's that is a nit I struggled to pick. So that's, that's probably intentional to make fun of, you know, of yeah, it's a little self-deprecating, right? Yeah, yeah, in, in a way that maybe the band might not be, but uh, yeah, but, but you know, Vom fits is, really well. So like, yeah, that, that's a little yeah. bit of Vom flavor in there. Yeah, but yeah. convincing Stoner Rock, so good job. Yeah, I thought it was really, really well performed and well recorded, and a, and a big surprise from Vom Vorten. So uh, the the thing is, though, I don't really enjoy listening to this kind of music. <laughs> so as successful as it was in meeting the challenges, I might not rate it so high alongside other bands that also aced the challenges. 
And I feel bad about that. Uh, but on the other hand, I think there are a couple of judges out there, maybe even one in this podcast, who kind of have a stronger feelings about this genre. So hopefully my maybe not having it uh, as high as it deserves will be uh, counteracted by uh, other judges. I don't know. Could we'll be. See. Could be. But I, I mean, do you know how would would you rank this one in the top four? Unfortunately, no. There's just it's just so crowded up there. It's really crowded. It's really bad because uh, Zoe Gray deserves to be in the top four, but so does Von Vorten, and arguably so does Brian Gray, and and so do you know most of these bands. I mean, even the the ones that I know that are not going to be very high at all. I'm thinking like they don't deserve to be cut for these songs, right? You know, we were here for Spin Tunes 14 feeling exactly the same way and yet we went back to be judges this sucks this totally totally sucks putting people in the bottom who don't deserve to be there yeah but we're gonna do it yep yep it's our job so next up we've got faster jackalope with the gears got room for two high school is over I'm sure you know that the Carmen Ghia is a like convertible car that was popular, I think, in the 60s, maybe 70s. Not sure. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of these uh, oval-looking cars that uh, are really kind of distinctive shape, and they look all sharp and everything like that. They're not all, uh, you know, um, convertibles. But, yeah, uh, they're not. Yeah. They're not all super reliable. <laughs> but yeah, no. This is a yeah. It's a great song. I love this song. Yeah, yeah. I'm. This is this is this one is in my top four for sure. And one of the things that really strikes me is the ambition in this, like trying to replicate Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. That's yeah. that's got some you know that's got some big cojones. Absolutely, yeah. And you know the uh, the session musicians who played on that song were the Wrecking Crew. Those guys are no slouches. That's true. And right away when the song comes on, like you can hear that echoey reverb saturated opening drum riff. It's like you're you're yeah. taken right there. You know exactly. Oh, that I've heard that drum riff exactly in that sound before. You know, and this yeah. is something I don't usually hear or notice about songs, but you can hear the studio in this song. There's there's a, a fair amount of room reverb I feel like is on the song that you can hear, and you can almost close your eyes and pretend you're in the studio with like Phil Spector and you know Ronnie and Hal Blaine and Tommy Tedesco and all those guys. And um, it's cool. Nothing quite sounds like it in this contest. Then things get layered on a lot. Like when the second verse comes in, there's also a, like a tenor sax or something that joins. And they really layer on more instruments and it just sounds really lush and full. You got the doo-wop vocals and the teenage vocalist who I think is Glenny's daughter. And then wow. there's that wall of instrumentation and yeah it's just this is yeah. super ambitious and these guys nailed it yeah having said that from the first 
you know, a few notes, it was pretty clear that this was faster Jackalope. You know, I don't think the main idea of the challenge was to sound completely unlike themselves, you know, but rather to do something more like someone else than themselves and something kind of outside their typical style. And then this this definitely meets that in terms of the challenge. So, yeah. Yeah. Very Ron Etsy. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's I, I liked it a whole heck of a lot. They uh, they definitely met the challenges, uh, in my opinion. They maybe didn't meet them as overwhelmingly in comparison to some of the others you know but definitely did a great job and i and i just enjoy this song i just enjoy listening to this song this is one of those that i look forward to it when it comes up on the playlist and that's fabulous enjoyable and maybe a little unobtrusive song if you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't command your attention it's uh just very pleasant and i like it a lot and uh, again, look forward to it in the playlist. But you know, I wasn't rocking out to it. Did you find? Uh, did you find anything else negative? Um, no, you know, I like, and just trying to think up something now negative to say about it. No. Yeah, I, I struggled know. too. It was very pleasant. Uh, again, I when I say that I you know didn't want to shake my booty to it, it's like it wasn't for that. You know, that's not what this song was for. And it was it was good. I just loved it. It was uh, wonderful to listen to. Great job. Yeah, and it had that sort of '50s earnestness to the to the lyrics too. Yeah, the lyrics were great. You you could argue maybe that some of it was a bit cliched, but so <laughs> were Phil Spector songs. <laughs> yeah, they that's what it was. Yeah, those were trying to do it. It uh, it met the goals. So I'm I'm happy with it. Let's see. Let's move on to Pig Farmer Jr. with Who Are You? I signed up for Spin Tunes 15 and I'm more than ready for Spin Tunes 16. The judges don't seem to realize I meet every challenge as advertised. Wrote a new song to play along. Gotta make it good or I won't stay long. Challenge after challenge I've undergone and I'm still standing. I've not withdrawn. Who are you? He's the only one who attempted a rap, so that's pretty bold. Um, I yeah. think a rap would have been outside of anyone's style in this contest. So yeah, this was yeah. open to pretty much anyone if they wanted to do it. And I think a lot of people decided not to do it because it would be a bad idea for various reasons. So you got to yeah. give Pig Farmer some courage for going for it. And Absolutely. I feel like since he thought he was being courageous, he might as well just go full in and then like make it be a diss track on maybe some of the judges, uh, <laughs> like call out Edric for, you know, his dislike of slant rhymes. Why not? Like, sure. you know, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. And he really, really went for it. You know, uh, and I, I admire that. I mean, I think he really went all out. It's like his his delivery is really, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It's he a little just, mechanical. I, I yeah, but he, it's like from the beginning though, he's, he's going for it. You yeah. know, I don't think, I don't think he's really holding anything back. And that is exactly the way to approach this if you're going to approach it. So, yeah, yeah, I admire what he did. Uh, the I, I like the backing music. Like I like the beat. I like the 80s scratches. The bass line is good. And you know his his rapping is on beat, and maybe a too maybe a bit too mechanically on beat at times, but he's on beat, so good going there. I like how he double tracked certain lines for emphasis, and the second track was a distorted vocal effect, which I th- I'm pretty sure I've heard a lot in the '80s, and I think Vanilla mm-hmm. Ice was a late '80s artist. Like I think he got big in '89. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that that's all like appropriate. 
I'm yeah. not sure it would. I would have caught that it was vanilla ice in particular, but I don't remember exactly. a yeah. lot about vanilla ice except what's he, what he looks like in Ice Ice Baby. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I I I kind of agree when it comes right down to it. I didn't I didn't get specifically vanilla ice out of it. it it's like w- when I think about this song, it it, uh, it seems more like <laughs> like exactly what it is, like some middle aged white guy who heard a little bit of Run DMC back in the day and thought that's what rap has been ever since. <laughs> and because like, I mean, even Van- Vanilla Ice is... Oh, he doesn't well, sound know. like this anymore if he does endeavor to sound like anything, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but okay, well, let, let me say the nice stuff first. Okay, he, he really went for it, and I really honestly, uh, sincerely admire that. You know, I would rather have someone go all out, put it all out there and fail than to have somebody play it safe and be just okay. You know, so points for doing something way out of his wheelhouse and points for totally, totally going for it. But I thought it was a little less successful in actually emulating Vanilla Ice. And, you know, it's like kind of comparing rappers to Vanilla Ice is usually an insult to the rapper. (laughs) Right. Right. We've we've done that ourselves, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, but comparing Pig Farmer Jr. to Vanilla Ice is sort of an insult to Vanilla Ice because, you know, I was trying to do some forensics here to dissect what went wrong with this rap song. Like, why is this so much worse than, say, like one of Micah Summersmith's raps? Because it definitely is worse than one of Micah's raps. And I thought the drum machine setting was extra boring. Like, it's just like a half step above a metronome setting. You know, it's just really, really basic. The lyrics, there's no real flow to them. They they seem like he's reading lines or maybe even, uh, given, given the benefit of the doubt, maybe even memorizing lines, but then he's just like reciting them. Uh, I don't know how to put it. It's hard to define, but really, it's it's really stilted. I did. I wasn't so fond of the baseline. I thought it was really too simple, and it wasn't engaging, and it was too low in the mix. You know, it, it didn't seem like a part of the song so much. It seemed like a, a background sort of a, a thing just to to be there. Uh, the lyrics were fine, I guess. I mean, diss tracks are par for the course, I guess. Uh, the song was just so so topical that I doubt that anyone is ever going to listen to this after the rankings are posted, right? Because it's just so specific to this <laughs> specific <laughs> challenge. Right, and this you know. specific set of judges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but still, know. though, it was I, fun in the listening party when it came on. I was just like, ooh, yeah. burn. <laughs> Sick burn, pig farmer. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was excited to hear it when it came on in the listening party. It was great, so... Yeah, that's. I wish I was there, or I mean, I wish I was. I, I was there, but I, I, I wish I would have been able to to see the chat. Yeah, um, I'll check it out. Uh, I wish Pig Farmer home. thought lowly enough of us to diss us more directly, but yeah, well, we've had diss tracks against us before. That's but, true. Uh, and then we've made diss tracks for other people too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, okay. But I mean, looking over some of those lines in the diss track, it was like uh, judges don't seem to realize. Uh, I meet every challenge as advertised. And yes, that's true, but so does everyone else. That's the minimum requirement. You know, uh, Otherwise, these people would get disqualified. And then there's this other line, I don't care what they think about me or my rhyming philosophy. And I was like, yes, of course you don't care. And I can tell that you don't care because you wrote an entire song about it. <laughs> I think that I was more part- directed at Edric <laughs> and his distaste oh, yeah. of slant rhymes, but yeah. 
yeah, but you know, when I am particularly ambivalent about something, I tend to make a real effort to enshrine my lack of concern in an original composition and recording <laughs> about that lack of concern. So I don't know. So I, 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 but yeah, okay. So I sincerely admire Pig Farmer Jr.'s guts and how he went all in on this. Uh, but it's not a good rap, not even compared to the low bar set by Vanilla Ice. So, and, you know, we have to rank these songs. And is this song better than any other song on this round? Like, can we put this above literally any of these other songs? If you include Shadows, I think you can. Yeah, but we can't. Yeah, so pretty low. Yeah, everybody else put more effort into their compositions, I think. And uh, I would I feel bad about putting this dead last, but I would feel much worse putting anybody else dead last. Right. So that's where that's where it's going to go. And that's not about him dissing the judges. That's about I was glad that I got to, you know, get all this stuff off my chest because I don't want it to make it sound like I'm slapping back at somebody who gave us a diss track because I'm not. Uh, it's not just me, right? There isn't any song that is worse than this one on, in this round. You're not committing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no. Everybody really bought their A game. Yeah. Okay, all right. So right. I'm probably going to cut half of this. Okay, good. So, so yeah. should we move on? <laughs> yeah. All right, next up we've got Temnir with The Grifter. You talk of revolution, they slide up discontent. You claim to be the one to free us from the grip of tyrants. But why should we believe you? Where is your providence? A perspicacious man can see that all your views are blind. You claim to wanna help us, and I'll do his veneer. One more familiar screen, then don't forget to tune back in right here. For the I will admit that I have listened to Stranger Than Fiction, which is a great Bad Religion album, like in the past two weeks maybe. And uh, the eighty eighty five compilation is also on my phone, and I listen to it on a regular basis. So I'm pretty familiar with the whole thesaurus punk and the work of Bad Religion in particular. And um, what I love about this song is he really nails all of the necessary Bad Religion elements, like all of them. So, like, chord progression mm. and tempo, check. Uh, vocabulary words, altruist, uh, sycophantic, incongruous, check. Uh, disdain yeah. for selling out, check. Whoa, yeah. oh, backing vocals, check. Random F bomb, Okay, wait, check. wait, wait. So, <laughs> so I think, I think you, you kind of skipped over a little bit that the backing vocals part. Now... One of the things that appealed to me about them was that they would have these tight vocal harmonies. They wouldn't have them in every song, you know, but they would have them in a lot of the choruses for a number of their songs. And then, of course, they did have, you know, even for the ones that didn't have those tight vocal harmonies, they had the backing vocals. This song did have some nice harmonies and some nice backing vocals, but they, I thought that they were not as prominent as they are in a lot of the bad religion I, songs. I agree with you there. Okay. But All right. they're there, just but I just struggle a little bit to hear them. But yeah. I did give them a check yeah. mark for it. Yeah, yeah, they, they do have them. I just wish they were more prominent. So yeah, this is one of the better nailings of a style. And I think he did it from the lyrics to the sound to just about everything. I feel like he did a great job. Yeah. 
And as a Bad Religion fan, I liked it a lot. Yeah, the guitar sounds very, very, very Bad Religion. The vocals, I thought, sound very Temnir. Yeah, um, not much you can do about the, that. Yeah, but and again, I think I think uh, I would have preferred more more harmonies. I think I thought that might have uh, gotten in the way of some of that. And I I thought I'm open to other opinions, but this is not stepping really very far away from Temnir's typical style. Not super far. The difference between yeah. metal and punk is, you know. There's there's some overlap there. They're they're yeah. like related to each other on the you know circle of fifths of music genres. They're like yeah, but also just like okay, so it's specifically mentioned in the challenge that we're we're using departure from style as one of the judging criteria, and I think they're losing some points for me for that. And who knows? I mean, Temnir might believe this is a huge departure, and esoterically maybe it is. Again, on the fringes maybe it is, but empirically it is not. You know, they have the guitar sound very similar. And I know that even that you could argue. But the instrumentation, arguably the song structure, and the, the just sort of the general superficial sound of it. And I, I don't mean that, that the song sounds superficial. I mean, just like if you step back and get the whole kind of tone of, of tempo and uh, tone and instrumentation, then that is all very similar. Right. Someone who wasn't familiar with the vagaries of the genres wouldn't maybe even realize they were different genres. Exactly. Esoterically, different. Empirically, not different. So uh, I thought that, and again, we're ranking, we're comparing all of these against the other bands. So I thought the other bands, almost, all of them did a better job at stepping away from their style than this one did. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. All right. But I liked it. <laughs> you know? and, uh, I'm just trying to justify how it's not going to get into the top four from me. Right. Yeah. So let's see. Next up, we've got Good Guy Sojabe with Ahab. Can you hear me? It's gotten dark. We used to smile more, and now we're not. Little pieces, what's left of you? Only shadows and empty truths You said forever wasn't long enough But come tomorrow, you'll be gone Hit the off switch, ignore the news Leave me breathless, far away from And, you know, we just got done talking about stepping away from their style and how far yeah. they managed to get away. And I think this is another case where they didn't get super far away. Yeah. You can hear the difference from their typical stuff, but you can also really, really hear their typical stuff, too. Yeah. Just with, like, added synthesizers. So... I went back and did a little homework on Moby. Like, I have the album Play on my, my phone, and I listen to it from time to time. Um, and it, like, I was like, this doesn't sound like Moby. What, what do I think Moby sounds like? And so what I think Moby sounds like is sort of blending of roots and roots blues and gospel music against, like, break beats and turntable riffs mixed with some, you know, stabby techno synth sounds. And he did a lot of pillaging of sounds from like 1930s Alan Lomax field recordings. Uh -huh. You know, that's that's where he got a lot of the the vocal riffs that he would sample and then use again. 
Yeah. And, you know, we hear some scratchy turntable sounds at the start of the song. And there's that, uh, and I don't want to feel sober line. And I think that's yeah. the idea that they're going for, is that they sampled this from an old recording, and then they play it back in the chorus. Yeah, from like one of those old 1920s, 1930s Stone Temple Pilots, Pilots recordings. recordings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and from an Eddie, Eddie Vedder track from the 1910s. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> it's like a field holler, but grunge style. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think there are some electronic drum sounds and there is some synthesizers I heard at the end. And both of those, I believe, are nods to Moby. But this is a, a thin veneer over what is essentially another somewhat emo good guy Sojabe song. Like a faster tempo, some break beats, some scratching, maybe a funky riff or two and some rousing synth sounds would have made this more convincingly a Moby song. And, you know, if they had just one vocal hook that the singer sang and sampled and repeatedly used, like in a cut and paste kind of way, I think would have been better than the normally sung lyrics, what you get on the verses. So all of that is about one or maybe one and a half of the criteria, the specific criteria of the challenge. And I, I think we can both agree, though, that, that they met the challenge, maybe not as overwhelmingly as some of the other bands did. But then if they did, then we got to talk about our just our enjoyment of the song. Yeah. And so and that's something that you've avo avoided talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I was I was just hoping that I could I could <laughs> sort of maybe skate by on clobbering it on just the lack of mobiness in the song. We're I would have never guessed your rankings. They're going to post your rankings. I would have never guessed Moby in a million years. Yeah, but they're going to post your rankings. Yeah, so, so enjoyability, yeah. I just didn't like it. Like, I suffered from the same genre bias that I suffer from on every one of their songs. It's yeah. emo, it's slow, it's, it's, it's plotting. It's yeah. plotting, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's nothing really bad about this song, you know, but... To, to me, yeah, it was it was it was plodding. It's something that I you know I didn't hate it. I, I didn't speed up past it or anything like that. But to me, it seemed a little bit like filler in this playlist. You know, something that I had to sit through to get to the mandibles song. Yeah, didn't like it. Speaking of, yeah. All right, next up we got mandibles with right again. Let me start out, man. Okay. That was your wheelhouse, dude. So <laughs> This is how you get my highest ranking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's happy, upbeat music about quirky relationship dysfunction. That is, that is, I mean, even more than ABBA, that is, that is everything that I want music to be. <laughs> right. Uh, that's that's like that's all that's the only lyrics that you ever see me write is about quirky relationship dysfunction so and also it's just totally recognizable as abba 
Agreed. Um, you know, arguably not wildly, crazily different from Mandible's style, but still very noticeably different. Uh, so they just totally aced the challenge, as far as I'm concerned, both of the challenges, both aspects of the challenges. Uh, in terms of appeal, though, this is tip tops for me. I mean, this is the song that I looked forward to on the playlist. You know, this is the one that I'd skip ahead to occasionally. There are just, a, you know, a couple of places in the first chorus where I thought there would probably be some instrumental fills, uh, some kind of other stuff going on if, if it had been ABBA, you know, uh, producing it. And maybe that one fuzzy synth setting could have been tweaked a little, but man, they nailed this, in my opinion. And so much of it is so ABBA. Like when the when the verse starts after the chorus, you know, there, there's something about that that just I was like, that is quintessential ABBA. And uh, the glockenspiel is really great too, right? Like a, you can, yeah. it's a light glockenspiel in your right ear. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, certainly met and aced the challenges and then just was incredibly enjoyable and catchy and fun. And I, I just love this song. Nice. Um, yeah. One of my favorite parts is like when all the instrumentation drops out and it's just the vocals and they sing, congratulations, your vexation put your partner in her station. And uh, yeah. it's, it's funny. It's a funny line and it just sounds great when it's just the vocals. It sounds very ABBA. Um, yeah. It's just really dead on. Uh, there's some subtle ooze on the backing vocals that I think are really great and really right on too. Uh, the only complaint I had about this song is that some of the synths sound a bit cheesy. And yeah. um, maybe they sounded like that in the 70s, too, and I just don't remember that. Well, I think so. I think that that one kind of main fuzzy synth that's in there uh, with a little bit of sustain, I think, again, I thought that could have been maybe a different choice or could have tweaked that a little bit to make it a little less fuzzy, a little less sustain, a little more, I don't know. I keep on keep on wanting everything to be a clav. <laughs> but it, not not necessarily that, but like whatever they're, you know, the the, the weird kind of uh, piano slash clav slash synth sound that they have in Money, Money, Money or something like that. But yeah, I, I, this is all just, <laughs> this is all just conjecture. This is all just like uh, yammer, yammer, yammer. I just love this song. This is going to get top marks for me. And I, and I do listen to it over and over and over again. So yeah, I like it. I love it. Yeah, Wonderful. I, I like this song a lot. I'm not the biggest ABBA fan, but I recognized what it was and how good it was. So yeah. this, this is pretty yeah. high for me too. Cool, cool. All right, next up we've got Third Cat with Hideaway. Watching the moon and we're feeling in tune. Watching the room and you're tasting the bloom. In love, let's stay. Wrong turns can send down rain. I don't think I can stand this pain. As I mentioned before, I like it when the style is recognizable to me, like within the first few seconds of hearing it. Like, I don't know if in the 80s you went through this period where you listened to Upstairs at Eric's on heavy rotation. But like, I, <laughs> I did. I, that, that was, I think, my, more my sister than me. <laughs> but I got so this I right was... away. Yeah, I, I was listening to ZZ Top, and <laughs> I, I was I was white trash. I grew up so white trash. But then, but yeah, like I caught up later though. So yeah, this is the, I thought this was way Yaz, 
and very recognizable and just really done well. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's Only You, right? Like, that's the synth line from Only You, or it's a similar sounding synth to, to the Only You synth, which I think is the first track on the B-side of the album. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, the instrumentation is all Yaz, but the singing and melody is all Third Cat. So... I don't know. I thought the vocal delivery really got kind of the yaz. It, uh, you know, it's you. You can hear it from the voice, and maybe even from the, the from whatever you know kind of mixing settings he uses, that it was definitely third cat. But I thought that the these this kind of little lilt that he had in his voice and the, the mix of kind of deadpan and I, I don't know. It's not totally deadpan, but I, th- I thought he, I thought he really got it. I thought he was really channeling it, and uh, the the delivery and the melody I thought were just perfect. Yeah, I, uh, I like this song a lot and I enjoyed it when it came on. I thought the backing music fits the style perfectly. And the the style anyway is noticeably different from Third Cat's other stuff. You know, yeah. There's no guitar. No guitar, all analog synths. Yeah, very enjoyable, very pleasant. You know, I don't know what my rankings are going to be yet, but I'm sure this is going to be right up there next to Faster Jackalope on my list. It's like I kind of have them right next to each other for for similar reasons, you know, in terms of how they did their song and how enjoyable it is. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Again, I don't know what they're going to be. And there's it's a crowded top four. It really is. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this song a lot. Right. This ends up in my top bucket, but I don't know if it'll make the top four. It's going to be it's going to be an agonizing decision. Exactly. If there if there ends up being, you know, six in your top four, that's going to be harsh. <laughs> that will be hard. Yeah. All right. So um, next up, we've got Governing Dynamics with Leave It At That. I was standing under a street lamp. I was staring at the moon. Feeling full of the weakness that steals the words I try to say to you. I was counting on my courage to come roaring above the din of a thousand shattered moments. Once again, I lead with my chin. I was not the man you deserve. I serve no one with these games. And this was a shadow that the judges decided to promote. So the rules have changed in Spin Tunes. It's not the highest ranked band from last round that didn't make it is reinstated as a shadow. It's now the judges get to vote on which group they want to have be reinstated as the shadow. And that took me a bit by surprise. I mean, this is a little bit inside baseball, but I I didn't know that we had a choice in the matter. There was a reinstatement yeah, there I'm was. Blanking. There was a reinstatement in, last time too. In fourteen, and I, I thought it was a technical way, right? reason why we had to do it, and I didn't realize that we'd be doing it again. But I actually yeah. struggled a little bit with this decision that the governing dynamic song would be the one to be reinstated. But let's do our reviews, and then maybe we can talk about that a little later. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, I know this is supposed to be a Bob Dylan song, but I can't. Oh, wait, I know what you're gonna say. I know I, what you're gonna say because I'm gonna say it too. I can't stop hearing time. fucking. Okay, ready. Piano Man. Piano Man. Oh my God! It's like <laughs> we didn't we didn't arrange this beforehand, people. It's, we, it's so yeah. Until I'm emboldened, stop betting, stop folding. I guess I'll leave it at that. So and then I just wanted to go. La, 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 la. 
Oh my god! Well, did, did people mention that in the in the listening party? No, no. I think we're just terrible people, Brian. That's that's why we're doing it. So so it's like when, when I, but I would have done it as a listening party. I would have, I would have typed in la la. Am I just the, am I the asshole in this whole thing? Other Is people might have thought it. Here? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's much more civilized when you're not there. Oh dear God, that is so. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm not surprised. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyhow, and you know, and I think part of the reason is that Piano Man also has a harmonica that sounds like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's the it's the rhyme scheme too. It's, it's the, the rhyme it's the scheme, and it's a little even a little bit of the melody. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, wow. you uh, if you we step back a step, there are some solid Dylan-esque poetic lines in here. Oh yeah. Like the line, uh, "Once again, I lead with my chin." And I took a shot, but I ain't known from my aim. Yeah. Um, and that whole until I'm emboldened to start betting, stop folding. I thought, you know, there's some, there's some definitely some good lines in here. And I appreciated that this was a serious song. If you're gonna mm-hmm. like reach for Dylan, you can't. You bet. You best not miss. Yeah. Like this is a this is you know ambitious. There we go. <laughs> yeah, another ambitious one. Yeah, it's yeah. No, I thought it was great lyrics. I thought the the lyrics are better heard than read, though, which probably speaks to his vocal performance. Yeah, you which know, was it's great, a, it's solid. Good, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought it definitely hit both corners of the challenge, but that piano man angle is genuinely distracting. Uh, and like, I was wondering if he was torn between maybe doing Dylan or maybe doing Billy Joel and he just flipped a coin. <laughs> I kind of wondered you that know? too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I used to be a big Billy Joel fan in my like early teens. And there must've been a time in my life where I didn't hate that Billy Joel song, but. Oh, come on. I still you know, that... love Piano Man. I still love American Pie. You can't, t- can't take that away from me. I, I, I wouldn't want to, but, uh, that was decades ago when I, when I didn't hate this song and. <laughs> And that Billy Joel fan was a very, very different Ryan. Yeah. I I can see this as a good song from Governing Dynamics with a good performance and great lyrics. But that Piano Man stuff just makes me cringe, you know, when it rears its head in this song. And it does so, like, before every chorus, I think, right? Yeah. 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 It's it's a good effort with some nice touches in the background, too. It's not just like a G and G song, you know. There's there's stuff going on there that's that I appreciate that, but you know, it's still maybe not quite as enjoyable nor as elaborate as a bunch of the other songs. Yeah. So ambitious, yeah, maybe, but uh, maybe just a step and a half above a G and G. Right. Doesn't quite make so. my top bucket. Let's move on to the rest of the shadows, and then we'll circle back and we'll talk about the, the reinstatement problem. Okay. All right. All right, so next up we've got Jocko Homomorphism with uh, We Were So Grand. Get up at dawn, head for the coast, drive to the west through the valley so green. Rent us a shack close to the beach. It says it sleeps four, but we brought 14. Leave your clothes inside, the moon is our guide. As we head for the beach, take my hand Solidarity We march to the sea And our hymn never sounded so grand the I thought this here. met the challenge criteria just fine You know, the, the vocal melody and the lyrics are good uh, And it definitely covers that kind of Jimmy Buffett territory and yeah. the Jimmy Buffett vibe. The G&G is a little sparse, though, in my And it's, it's kind of far back in the mix, too. 
you know, I, I thought it could have used more instrumentation, basically. I thought there needed more bells and whistles and more, just, just more stuff would have improved this song a lot. Yeah. You know, more, more of anything. I'm pretty you know, sure Jocko is strictly a synth guy. So, uh, he got Pig Farmer to play guitar, so good job on collaborating. Yeah. So this is definitely outside of his comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh but still I mean he could have he could have put a drum machine on there. He yeah. could have put a a, a synth bass on there to make it sound like a stand up or something or not even necessarily a stand up. I might rate Pig Farmer's song higher than than this one? Yep. Oh, well it doesn't matter. We're not we, that you don't you don't get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said some of the shadows I thought Pig Farmer's song is ranked higher than. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's like, if you're just saying that to insult this shadow, then congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're trying to do here. Just but trying to give Pig Farmer some more credit. Like, I okay. liked his diss track. <laughs> you're giving him credit by insulting somebody else. Fine. Okay, I'm not going to go into it. All right. But uh, but yeah, so uh, as simple G&G, though, this this doesn't sound, and wait for it, here it comes. This doesn't sound so grand. Get it? Yeah. It's play on the title. Yeah. All right. Got it. But it, it, sound, it sounds a little phoned in, you know, and I wonder if you would have done more with it if he'd known that a uh, reinstatement was at stake. Yeah, perhaps. So, yeah. In 14 with Glenn Raphael, you know, he's, he basically said that he would have tried harder if he thought there was any chance that he was going to get reinstated. Yeah. So I think the answer know. is always try your hardest. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right, so next up we've got Menage Tune with Surfing the Web. And I guess Joanne was sick. Joanne had the flu. So um, that's why Ted is singing. And we've got some good singing and harmonies from Ted. And I I felt like Ted and Joanne did a pretty good job of getting that surf song sound. And... I, I couldn't help but thinking, where are those high falsetto Brian Wilson backing vocals? I just wanted him to go, God, I, I totally missed that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. God, I just missed it twice. Just uh, stop doing I'll, that. I'll, Cut I'll that flex, out. I'll flex that up. Yes, thank you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that's All why right, you please. do that sort of thing. I, honestly, I do that in most of our songs. I know. I something like, very, very much like that. Woo! So, so I yeah. thought I missed those. Yeah, yeah. But despite it's, that, uh, this is pretty solid. But there were some novelty song aspects to it. And I, I didn't particularly like some of the lines. Like the one about the Speedo being too tight or the naked video streaming. And that kind of sunk it for me a little bit. I kind of wish that it would have been more of an earnest surf song than, you know... Uh-huh kind of a novelty tune about surfing the web it's somewhat funny but also somewhat corny yeah but it's yeah I don't, but all, all joke songs all novelty songs are, are at least somewhat corny yeah I think. yeah so i mean you can't can't really get away from it and i thought that you know the the speedo's too tight the you know the the kind of vaguely 
PG-13 elements of it made up for some of that anyway. Yeah. It made it a little less corny. Yeah, I, th I thought it was fun. I thought it was really enjoyable. I, I like the self-deprecating humor. I thought the mix needed a little work. The uh, Like the organ is super loud and the drums and bass are super quiet. And uh, is there any like gu guitar on the track? I, I couldn't tell. Oh, you know what? There might not be. Yeah. I thought that the vocals and the um, organ should have come down a little bit in the mix and it just needed a little more balance. But again, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun and funny and, and the stuff that you didn't like, I liked <laughs> about this song. So yeah, it's uh, I, yeah. Anyhow, All right. that was fine. So we'll get to that when we talk about the reinstatement. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, let's see, next we got faster Jackalope with they know. They say someday. Will never come. I want sometimes for too long. I won't listen to what they say. Who are they anyway? Please don't worry, I'm still here. Frozen in place. I love this song. Yeah, they know they're getting a twofer. Yeah, yeah. I would have, yeah. uh, you know, if I could just vote for the song I like the best, this would be my number one song. Like, irrespective yeah. of all challenging stuff, I like this song the best. I, I love me I, some pop punk, and they really did a good job on this. Yeah, I think I know who they're, I mean, they didn't put it in the lyric sheet, but I, I think I know who they're aping here. Do you? Uh, is it Blink-182? That's who I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. And I think they nailed it. I think they really nailed it. Yeah. I think they got it exactly right. I love the way Glennie so. and Frisbee combine on the vocals, and they are just delightfully sneery and jubilant on the choruses. Yeah. Like, the chorus has a great lift to it, and it just ah, it pumps me up. I, I, I love this song <laughs> every time I heard it. Wow. I mean, it's not yeah, highbrow. It's... it's not sophisticated. This is just a guilty pleasure on my part. I, I really liked it. Yeah, it, it was very, very successfully, very Blink-182, I thought, with with all of the good stuff that goes into that. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know how much I should save since we'll be reviewing this during our next Song Flight podcast <laughs> again, I'm sure. Right, um, They Know is the yeah. title of the current Song Fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so anyhow, yeah, great energy, uh, that sounds great, good vocal work, great guitar work. Uh, I think it's going to be a super strong song fight contender. For sure. All right. And next and finally, as usual, last of the bunch is Matchy Matchy with Eagles. Yeah, 
yeah, these guys did a good job with the instrumentation. I thought it sounded really a flock of seagulls, so whoever put together the instru instrumentation there really nailed it. Vocals, pretty crappy. I, I thought the whole song sounded a little slapped together. <laughs> At the last minute, you think so? Yeah, like like just really, really kind of slammed together just, just to get something in. And I don't even know why they bothered since it's just a shadow anyway. You know, one thing, I, I listened to some Flock of Seagull songs, and I somehow missed that the lead, the vocal sound was supposed to sound emotionally flat, like they were on barbiturates or something. I don't, yeah, I don't know how I missed yeah. that. They're total zombies. So yeah, the, the vocal line has a little too much inflection. You know, it has a little too much soul to, to sound exactly like, uh, you know, the flock of seagulls. It does. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's one, one of the problems that I had too was, was with, <laughs> with the lyrics. And <laughs> pap, just a bunch of pap. It's pap, but it's also just, just a dumb pun. It's like... <laughs> It's like it's, it's like this. Okay, okay. So so uh, so I'm, I'm gonna tell you a joke. You ready for it? Yep. All right. Knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange. Glad I didn't say banana. And by the way, it's funny because orange sounds like orange. Get it? Get it? <laughs> now start laughing. Oh. All right. I don't feel good. So that's what this song is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's what this song is. It's like, so it's like it, a bad it sounds like joke. Flock of Eagles. Yeah, it sounds like Flock of Eagles, and you know it's Flock of Eagles. And then in the middle of the song, we say like, get it? It's, it this is supposed to sound like Flock of Eagles, of seagulls. And we, we make a bad pun with eagles. Get it? Oh, so dumb. I'm glad we made the so, other judges listen to this. It's like It's like we give nobody credit. It's like nobody's ever heard anything before. <laughs> And yeah, so so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. All right, we should have said less yeah, about that song. I still song. like it though. I still like it though. <laughs> so yeah, anyhow, yeah. Uh, okay, all right, all right. So now we're going to circle back to yeah. Uh, the we're going to circle back to the reinstatement. So uh, only three acts were eligible for reinstatement. That was governing dynamics, Jocko, homomorphism, and Menagetune. Yeah. And it really came down to Menagetune versus Governing Dynamics because the Jocko homomorphism song was a G&G &G and it was a little bit phoned in. It just yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the same caliber as the other two. Yeah. I um I I've been traveling so I had to kind of put in my vote and I put in the first vote and then I you know skipped town and I I don't do any uh what do you call it? Oh the judges for Yeah. Yeah, well I don't do any social media at all while I'm traveling. So yeah. Anyhow, I was the first to vote. And when it came to votes for reinstatement, I was having a really, really tough time deciding between Menage a Tune or Governing Dynamics. And um, I'll just say it. I voted for Menage a Tune. It was, it was, it was just by the, the slightest you know, amount when it came right down to it. But uh, I think I voted for Menage a Tune because it was more elaborate yeah, and fun and funny and but really what tipped it for me was you know i voted for the song because i thought more work was put into it and more you know more effort i thought the lyrics for governing dynamics were more interesting and engaging and it, it wasn't just this novelty text like the menage tune one was but again i thought menage tune they put a lot of work into it it was fun and upbeat and happy and funny and uh, that's why i ended up voting for that instead of governing dynamics Cool. And I just took a, a similar, but just, just the opposite tact. I gave Governing Dynamics the nod just because I thought it was more serious. 
you know, it was more ambitious and uh, I just generally liked it a little bit better. Yeah. Was it like a, a route or? No, it was, it was close. Like the Menage Tune mm-hmm. song, I also agree, had like more work put into it and, you know, had mm-hmm. more elements to it. So I, I also gave them credit for that. But it was it was pretty close in the end. I, I mean, in the in the forum. Um, oh, yeah. You were like... you were completely routed. Oh, OK. <laughs> Everybody else. Was governing dynamics. Yeah. OK. That's fair. That's fair. But I could have just as easily voted for governing dynamics, too. But I don't regret having voted for Menage too. So, yeah, not that it matters at this point. And also, I think not that it matters for the fight. I doubt that governing dynamics is going to make it to the final round. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think this is ultimately going to matter. Yeah, not not that I don't think that they deserve to. I just think that uh, there are too many songs in the top four right now. There yeah. are there's just. Yeah. So. All right. So if you had to pick your top four, what's it looking like right now? Oh, man. Okay, let's see. My top four would be, let's see, Mandibles, top one, definitely. And then the next three, I don't know which order they're going to be in, but it's going to be Faster Jackalope, Third Cat, and and I haven't decided. Yeah. So let's see. My top four, uh, my number one is going to be Faster Jackalope. And then I haven't quite decided on the ordering as well in the rest of these, but Mandibles is in the top four, and Temnir is in the top four. Mm. I'm not sure who the other place goes to. That's that's going to be a little bit tougher. Wow, okay. All right. You, uh, Third Cat isn't a shoe-in for you. Not a shoe-in, but he's, he's definitely in consideration. I don't know, between Third Cat and Zoe Gray, how I feel. Yeah, it's tough. We're recording this on Wednesday, and we have until Saturday to put in our rankings. So we at least have uh, another half of a week to listen to all of this. And who knows? It might all get shuffled around in the interim. Right. And these are just gut feelings. Like, usually I try to use my left brain and analytical thinking to try to rank things. So, like, I may decide that, you know, because Temnir's song wasn't quite enough of a stretch, that may knock it down a little bit. Like... I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I'm pretty strong on my on those top three, but when it comes to deciding who the fourth is and then how to rank numbers, you know, five through ten, you know, which order, I think I'm going to have to start assigning numbers to things, like yeah, to me too. how successfully they met this part and how successfully they met this other part, and then how much I enjoyed the song, and maybe I'll do like a twenty-five, twenty-five, fifty, or something on that. I'm not sure. All right, I think that's it. Oh, you know what? One thing I'd also like to mention is if like, I could include Shadows, I would have uh, Faster Jackalope in there twice in the top four for me. <laughs> you're gonna, next time I see you, you're going to be wearing a sideways Blink-182 baseball cap. Oh, God, it's yeah. embarrassing, but I really love that song. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's it's a great song. It's a great song. They did a wonderful job of uh, of uh, of doing Blink One Eighty Two. It's a lot of fun. A lot of great energy. So I, I get it. But uh, but again, you'll be able to vote for it next week. At, uh, <laughs> that's true. Song fight, and then you'll be able to rave about it again next week at our. All right, I look forward to that. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, shout outs. Um, got no shout outs. Of course you do. Let's uh, shout out. Thank you so much to uh, Dave and oh, yeah, of to who, who does the who does the art or who did the art for this one? Oh, I know, but it was good, right? With the uh, the rubber yeah. bands, I thought it was well yeah. done. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it in later. 
so special shout out to the album artist who is insert name here <laughs> who consistently and, uh, does a good job on this yeah yeah so that was really cool and you know and, i gotta uh, give dave props for getting our late ass shadow in at the very last minute yeah and tommy g for also accepting our lame ass shadow at the last minute <laughs> all right so uh so yeah thanks tommy thanks dave you want to shout out to andre my husband thanks for all of your love and support and thank you brian for being the reason that jerkatorium exists and uh, thank you, Alice, for being so awesome. And uh, who else? I think that's it. Okay. All right. Well, we will catch you on the flippity floppity. Bye bye. <laughs>